At Crosley Field in Cincinnati, Ohio, it's the New York Mets meeting the Cincinnati Reds. National League Baseball with the New York Mets is brought to you by Rheingold, New York's largest selling beer. What makes Rheingold New York's favorite? Maybe it's our Danish malt. Whatever it is, we must be doing something right. Tonight's game is also brought to you by WGY, your sports station for the great Northeast. WGY brings you the full schedule of Mets regular season games live from Major League Parks throughout the country. Crosley Field on a chilly evening for baseball and the final Saturday night game between the Mets and the Cincinnati Reds here in Crosley Field. Starting pitches for the game tonight for the Mets, Bob Shaw. Strong arm right-hander and he'll be opposed by... Bill Pappas, who has been involved in a lot of discussion here in Cincinnati as he was involved in the trade that sent Frank Robinson, who will be the most valuable player in the American League and who has a chance to be the Triple Crown winner in the American League. Bill Pappas coming over with Jack Baltram and Dick Simpson for Frank Robinson. Pappas so far this year has a record of 10 wins and 11 losses, and Bob Shaw pitching for the Mets. Comes into this ball game with a record of 11 wins and 13 losses. The umpires are at home plate and they're going over the ground rules, so we'll be back with the start of tonight's game and the lineups in just one minute. This is Stuart Queen reporting from Washington. From the rock line promontories of New England's coastline, westward across the nation to the prairie country of the American Midwest, to the Great Divide in the Rockies, and westward again to the sequoias of California. This is America, where beauty and nature combine to make up the green lawns of our recreational playground. All this belongs to you and to me. It's part of our heritage, this pride in natural beauty. You can walk the trails of the Appalachians, swim and fish the lakes and streams, and relax in the quiet desert splendor of the great Southwest. These are the glories of this nation's natural beauty. The National Wildlife Federation wants you to learn more about beauty and nature. For free information, write. The National Wildlife Federation, Department 44, Washington, D.C. That's the National Wildlife Federation, Department 44, Washington, D.C. Well, the action in the National League still fast and furious. The Dodgers got beat by Chicago today, and the Dodgers' lead cut to one and a half games as the Pittsburgh Pirates came from behind to defeat Atlanta. Pirates are in second place, one and a half games back. The Giants won, so they are still in the race. They are four games back. And right here, the Mets battling against the Cincinnati Reds. The leadoff batter for the Mets will be Bud Harrelson playing shortstop. Batting second and playing third base, Chuck Hiller. Batting third, playing second base, back in the lineup, Ron Hunt. Batting fourth and playing right field, Al Luplo. The fifth batter will be the center fielder, Cleon Jones. Batting sixth and playing first base, Ed Cranepool. Batting seventh and catching, Bob Hawk Taylor. Batting eighth and playing left field, Danny Napoleon. And the pitcher, Bob Shaw, will be batting in the ninth position. The Mets and Reds have just about used up their schedule. They have played a total of 15 games with this game and a doubleheader tomorrow left. The Reds have won nine. The Mets have won six. And now the Reds take the field. (laughs) 
Right here in Cincinnati, out of six games played, the Reds have won four, and they have lost two. And last night, Jim Maloney pitched a shutout against the Mets as the Reds won it by a score of 7-0. And now from Crosley Field, the four quarters will sing the national anthem. of the National Anthem by the four quarters and I guess you have to believe the stories that you read about inflation because five fellas were singing as the four quarters. The starting lineup for the Cincinnati Reds, Tommy Harper will lead off and play in right field. Batting second, playing second base, Tommy Helm. Batting third and playing in center field, Veda Pinson. Batting fourth and playing third base, Darren Johnson. Batting fifth, playing first base, Lee May. Batting sixth in left field, Art Shamsky. The seventh batter will be the catcher, Don Pavletic. Batting eighth and playing shortstop, Leo Cardenas. And the pitcher, Mel Pappas, batting ninth. Mel just taking the mound in preparation to take his warm-up pitches. This broadcast comes to you through the courtesy of Rango Breweries, Incorporated, Brown and Williamson Tobacco Corporation, and the Sun Oil Company. And is authorized under radio rights granted by the New York Mets solely for the entertainment of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this game without the express written consent of the New York Mets is prohibited. Well, the temperature here at game time somewhere around the 60-degree mark, and it's scheduled to get on down into the 40s a little bit later on. No wind at all blowing at this point. Outfield fences, 328 down the left field line, 383 in center field, 366 in the right field area with a 360 in right center field. Check of the scores before this game in the National League. Pittsburgh scored five runs in the top of the seventh inning to win their ball game against the Atlanta Braves, 8-6. Winning pitcher was Steve Blass. The losing pitcher was Oliva. Benke, Bailey, Oliver, and Clemente home runs. Clemente's home run putting the Pirates in front by a score of 8-6. to six. 
Cubs beat the Dodgers 4-0, a four-hitter for Ferguson Jenkins. It was his sixth win. He's lost seven. Losing pitcher was Joe Muller. No home runs in that ball game. And the Giants in 13 won it by a score of 9-5 over the Houston Astros. Underway, they Louis 3, Philadelphia nothing at the end of two and a half. Right now, we're all set to go. And the first pitch of the ball game by Bill Pappas is swung on and missed. It's strike one. The batter is Bud Harrelson. Bud batting from the left-hand side against the right-hander with an average of 2-0-3. And now the right-hander back again, and the pitch is swung on and missed again. It's strike two. Bill Pappas quickly out in front with a two-strike count. Harrelson has no home runs. He's driven in four. He has had one two-base hit and three three-base hits. Darren Johnson defensed in tight against him at third base, and a two-strike pitch is high. Darren Johnson at third base, Leo Cardenas at shortstop, Tommy Helms at second base, and Lee May, he spells his name M-A-Y, not the Lee May with the Atlanta Braves, and then later on with the Houston Astros. Now foul ball on the left side, the count stays at one and two. Lee May at first base. In the outfield, Art Shamsky shaded near the foul line. In left field, very shallow. Veda Pinson in center field, also extremely shallow. And Tommy Harper in right field. The catcher is Don Pavlovic. One ball, two strikes. And Pappas back again. The pitch is swung on and foul tipped and juggled and caught by the catcher, Don Pavletti. So, the first man of the ball game, Bud Harrelson, struck out, and that brings up Chuck Hiller. Chuck, a left-hand batter, hitting 299 with two home runs and 14 runs batted in. And Mills Pappas with the first pitch to Hiller at the high slider, ball one. The umpires, Billy Williams behind home plate. Frank Desilan at first base, his second major league game. Tom Gorman at second base and Lee Wire at third. Next pitch is swung on and foul tip, held on to by the catcher Pavletic. The count one and one. Coaching at first base, Yogi Berra. And the coach at third is Whitey Herzog. Pappas leaning over to take the signs. Now into the windup and back again. And the next pitch is foul tipped into the glove of Pavletic. Pavletic now has picked up three foul tips. One ball, two strike counts. Bill Pappas, working, he's 27 years of age, 6'3", 195 pounds, lives in the same town as Jack Fisher in Maryland. And the one-two pitch is swung on him, missed strike three, and a high fastball sends Chuck Hiller back to the bench. Two strikeouts in a row as Pappas pitches to his first two men in the ballgame, and it brings up Ron Hunt. Pappas lives in Demonia, Maryland. Last year he won 10 and lost 11. Should say that's this year's record, 10 and 11. He's 2 and 1 against the Mets. Last year he was 13 and 9 in the American League. Ron Hunt, the batter, and the first pitch to Ron is a breaking ball. It's outside a ball. Hunt batting 281 with three home runs and 32 runs batted in.
Enzap is back with a fastball. It's lined over the shortstop's head in the left center field for a base hit. So Ron holds his first base as the ball is fielded by Veda Pinson, and the Mets have the first base hit of the ball game and the first base runner. That'll bring up Al Luplo. Al, a left-hand batter, hitting 255. Al has had seven home runs this year and has driven in 31. And Pappas from the stretch position for the first time. His first pitch is a fastball high inside. It's ball one. Pappas has been high so far in this ball game. He's a sinker ball pitcher and usually works down low. He had a lifetime record in the American League of 104 wins and 86 losses. One old pitch is taken high again. It's ball two. Two balls, no strike. On deck batter. Cleon Jones. Mets saw a little hitting action against Jim Maloney in the first game of the series last night. Jim pitching a 7-0 victory. Mets got a total of five hits. Next pitch, a changeup. It's too low and it's ball three. Three balls, no strike. Maloney in the ball game struck out 13. That's as high as he has gone in the strikeout record this year. His all-time high for a nine-inning ball game, 16. And he has struck out 18 in one game. That was the game against the Mets that won 11 innings, which he lost 1-0. Next pitch is called a strike, and the count three balls and one strike. Ron Hunt at first base, being held there by Lee May. Ron bothered the latter part of the season with a series of injuries. He has a very short lead. Could be going on the pitch. He does not go, and the pitch is swung on and foul tip. Also held on to, and so Pavletic has had himself quite a night so far in foul tip. That's four that he has caught. Count at three and two, and Ron Hunt will be a cinch to be going on this pitch. Two men away, we're in the top of the first no score. not being held on. The first baseman looking for defensive room. And the pitch is fouled off as Hunt is going. And the count stays at three and two. Pappas has started off in workmanlike fashion. He has been throwing quickly. Not wasting any time. Ron again back to first base. And Lee May is still back behind the bag looking for room with a left-hand batter hitting. Outfield shallow all the way around. Now Hunt goes. The 3-2 pitch is hit deep to right field, high in the air, though. And going over with the room near the foul line is Tommy Harper. And the ball drifts in the foul territory out of play. So Hunt, who was already around third base, cuts across the diamond back to first base, still limping. And Al Luplo will have another shot at a 3-2 pitch. In case you haven't heard, the Cubs beat the Dodgers and Pittsburgh beat Atlanta and the Giants beat Houston. So it's a 
game-and-a-half lead for the Dodgers, and they have a four-game lead over the Giants. Now again, the 3-2 pitch, and this one is fouled off again. Ball drifting out of play, and Al Lupo keeps the count going. In the American League, at the end of four, no score, Cleveland and Kansas City. Chicago beat Washington 6-2. Baltimore scheduled against the Angels out in California. Detroit beat Minnesota 8-1. And after seven and one-half innings, the Yankees won Boston nothing. Fritz Peterson working on that game for the Yankees. McMahon has relieved Jim Romberg for the Red Sox. Now again, the 3-2 pitch, and this one's in fair territory. Popped up in the shallow center field. Tommy Helm is backpedaling and making the catch to retire the side. No runs, one hit, no errors, a man left on base, and the score after one half inning, the Mets nothing, the Cincinnati Reds coming up. The National Safety Council presents its president, Howard Pyle. The average American works hard and enjoys playing hard. We revel in our recreational hours and find much pleasure in excelling at competitive sports. Unfortunately, the accident frequency rates that too often spoil our fun indicate that many of us haven't learned one of the basic fundamentals of having fun. That is that the safe way is the right way. To be sure, there are calculated risks in sport, and the National Safety Council has no desire to be a spoil sport. Enjoy life and make it even more enjoyable by doing it safely. The rules are simple enough. Reasonable care and protective equipment will help you get a full measure of trouble-free enjoyment from your recreational activity. Bottom half of the first inning, the Mets did not score in the top half of the first, and the Reds are now coming up. They'll have Tommy Harper, Tommy Helms, and Veda Pinson as their first three batters. On the mound for the Mets is Bob Shaw. From college football finals, Army beat Boston College 14 to nothing. Ohio State beat TCU 14 to seven. Missouri beat Illinois 21 to 14. Princeton over Rutgers 16 to 12. North Carolina defeated North Carolina State 10 to 7, and Michigan State winning 42 to 8 over Penn State. Georgia Tech beat Vanderbilt 42 to nothing. Tommy Harper, the first man up for the Reds, the right-hand batter with an average of 273. Tommy's hit five home runs and he has driven in a total of 27. And Bob Shaw with a record of. 11 and 13, and the first pitch is hit deep to short. Picked up by Harrelson, but his perfect throw is too late. But making a fine play, and he even gets the ball to first base. So Tommy Harper starts off with an infield hit, and he can fly down that line. He needs the club and stolen bases. And the Reds have their first hit of the ball game. Harper has 27 stolen bases this year. So the Mets have to worry about the fact that he might be going. The batter is Tommy Helm. Tommy batting 288 with nine home runs and 47 runs batted in. And Bob Shaw in the set position. His first pitch is a curveball. It's too high for a ball. 
Shaw, 33 years of age, six foot two, 190 pounds, from Jupiter, Florida. He is 10 and 9 with the Mets this year, coming over to the Mets from San Francisco, where he had a 1 and 4 record. Against the Reds, he has won one and lost none this year. Five time against Cincinnati, he is 2 and 5. And the next pitch is popped up in the shallow center field. Cleon Jones moving in. And Cleon makes the catch, and Tommy Harper, who was halfway down towards second base, goes back to first. Let's get to first out here in the bottom half of the first. That brings up Beta Pinson. Beta had his 16th home run in last night's ball game in the first inning. The Reds scored six runs in the first inning when they beat the Mets 7-0 last night. Knocking Dennis Ribbon out of the box. Tommy Harper with a pretty good-sized lead. He's going, and the pitch is outside, dropped by Hawk Taylor, and Tommy Harper has a stolen base. That is his 28th stolen base this year. Mets catcher is Hawk Taylor. At first base, Ed Crane Poole. At second base, Ron Hunt. At shortstop, Bud Harrelson. At third base, Chuck Hiller. Danny Napoleon in left field, Cleon Jones in center, out of blown right. Now a swing and a miss out of breaking pitch, and the count evens out at 1-1. Indication by Bill Williams, the ball was foul tipped. Benson batting 290 with 16 home runs and 75 runs batted in. He's had 32 two-base hits. And the next pitch to the left-hand batter is a curveball hit down to second. Ron Hunt moves to his right. He has the ball, fires the first base in time for the out there as Tommy Harper moves over to third. Two men away for the Mets in the bottom half of the first. No score, and the batter coming up is Darren Johnson. Darren back in the lineup after being out for four days. His average now up to 260, and he has driven in 79 runs after a very slow start. He's hit 24 home runs. Right-hand batter playing at third base. Pete Rose is out of the lineup with a jammed hand. First game that he had missed in a long time was last night. First pitch is... Too long, it's called a ball. Pete had played in 339 consecutive games for the Reds before missing last night's game. He had 26 in 1964, played in all the games in 65, 162, and had played in 151 this season. Franklin Cormick holds the all-time record for the Reds of games played in consecutive succession, if that's the uh, way to put it, 652. Next pitch is grounded out towards the shortstop, Bud Harrelson. He has the ball near the bag. It's sort of first base retires aside. So, both sides with two big innings. No runs, one hit. No errors, one man left. And the score at the end of one, the Mets nothing, the Reds nothing. Well, we'd like to remind you that the Mets are coming home for five remaining games at Jay Stadium. They'll be playing Tuesday night, Wednesday afternoon against the Cubs, and then play Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon against Houston. On September 27th, Tuesday night, the Mets will have Cleon Jones in the Mets fan club room. On September 30th, it'll be Bob Shaw, and October 1st, Al Lupal. That's the Friday night game with Houston with Bob Shaw, and the Saturday night game with 
Arlo Frog. For tickets to the Met Fan Club room, just ride to the Met Fan Club, Jay Stadium, Flushing, New York, or you can pick them up at any Met regular ticket outlet. And if you'd like to do this, it'd be a nice idea. Bring a used toy, not a broken one, a used one. And the Lady Met Club will see that it gets to a needy child the name of the player that you are visiting. The Philadelphia Phillies have scored five runs in the bottom half of the third, and they have taken the lead away from the St. Louis Cardinals by a score of five to three. Al Jackson working for the Cardinals, the record of 13 and 13. Jim Bunning going for the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies will be very much involved in the National League race in the coming weeks, playing against the Pittsburgh Pirates and the San Francisco Giants. Cubs beat the Dodgers 4-0. They have eight games left. They lead by a game and a half. Pirates beat Atlanta 8-6. They are a game and a half out with seven games left to play. Now it's Milt Pappas to start off the second. His first pitch to Cleon Jones is outside for a ball. No score in the ball game each side with a base hit. Cleon, a right-hand batter, with an average of 274. Next pitch is hit down toward the first base side. A great play in it by Lee May. He falls to the ground and then comes up throwing to get the man at first. Ball was between Lee May and the foul line. He made a diving catch of it, slid on the ground to come up with it with a one-hand play, and then from a sitting position made the throw to Millsapas, covering at first base against Cleon Jones in time. Well, so far, the best play of the game is Cleon Jones is out. That brings up Eddie Cranepool. Cranepool, a left-hand batter, is hit in five consecutive games. He has an average of 253. And the first pitch is a fastball over at the knees, just above the knees. It's called a strike. Cranepool, with 15 home runs, leads the club in that department. And he has driven in 54. Ken Boyer leads the club in RBIs with 61. Now a swing and a miss at strike two. No score in the game. One away, we're in the top of the second. Giants won the day. It took them 13 innings. They scored five runs in the 13th. They won it by a score of nine to five. They're four games back. Next pitch is popped up in foul territory. Darren Johnson has room for it. He moves over near the stands and makes the cut. Now with two men out, the batter will be the catcher, Bob Hart-Taylor. Giants are four games out with eight games left to play. Willie Mays in that ball game hit a home run in the ninth inning. For the man on, his 35th and 540 in his major league career. Hawk Taylor, a right-hand batter with an average of 123. And Milt Pappas gets a strike with his first pitch. High fastball in there. Pockets had some timely hits, one of them being a grand slam home run this year. That came as a pinch hit of the first one the Mets have ever had. Now a slider that is just outside. McCann's one and one. Well, the Yankees 
have won their game with the Boston Red Sox, a fine 1-0 shutout by Fritz Peterson. His record now 12-11. Slider hit out toward right field, a long run for Tommy Harper, but he has the speed to get to it, and he makes the catch. Every time has decided a 1-2-3 inning for Mill Tappas, and the score at the end of one and a half innings, the Mets nothing, the Cincinnati Reds nothing. Now here's a word from Rheingold. I'm back. I don't know the reason. I can't tell you why. More people like Rheingold, they're extra dry. But we must be doing something. Yes, we must be doing something right. Yes, we must be doing something. Woo! We must be doing Moving now to the bottom half of the second inning. No score in the ball game as the Mets play the Cincinnati Reds here on Saturday night. And while we wait for Bob Shaw to complete his warm-up pitches, we'll pause for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. Your station for sports in the great Northeast, WGY Schenectady, the smoothest sound around. Ralph Kiner, along with Bob Murphy and Lindsey Nelson from Crosby Field. Lee May will lead off for the Reds here in the bottom half of the second. Lee playing at first base, the right-hand batter, with an average of 262. And Bob Shaw, who has given up one hit, starts off the second with a curveball. It's inside for a ball. Tommy Harper beat on an infield hit as the first batter in the ballgame for the Reds in the first. He stole second base. Got as far as third in the ground ball to second base by Veda Pinson, but was left there as Darren Johnson grounded out to short. Now the next pitch to Lee May. Line to left field, charging quickly as Danny Napoleon, and he makes the catch. That ball well hit, but right at Danny Napoleon as he came in quickly on the line drive for the first out here in the second against the Reds. That brings up Art Shamsky, who has done something that few do in the major leagues. He has hit four consecutive home runs and four consecutive appearances at the plate. Two of them came as a pinch hitter. He has not played in the regular lineup, but has batted 19 home runs over the wall. His average, 227. A left-hand batter in the first pitch gets by Hawk Taylor. Fastball outside. It's ball one. Jamski has driven in 41 runs. And this is his 90th game this year. He's been about only 216 times. No score in the game. One man out, bottom half of the second. Draw back again, and this time a slider is hit down the third of the check swing. Picked up by Chuck Keller. The throw to first base is in plenty of time for the out. Jansky trying to hold up. Got enough of the bat on the ball to ground out to third. Now with two men away here in the bottom half of the second... 
The batter will be the catcher, John Pavletti. Don batting 294. Don has alternated behind the plate with Johnny Edwards, and Don has had himself quite a year compared to John. John has had an off year this year. The first pitch by Shaw, fastball over the inside corner, it's a strike. Johnny Edwards has batted 192 this year with only six home runs. His last season's effort was a 267 year. Pavletic has hit 11 home runs with a 294 average. Now Shaw back again, and the pitch is hit foul to the right side off the end of the bat. So Bob picks up a strike. The count goes to 0-2. Two men away. We're in the bottom half of the second. No score. Each side with a base hit. Tommy Harper with a base hit for the Reds, and Ron Hunt with a base hit for the Mets. The Mets have won 61 games this year. The Reds have won 73. The Reds were picked to be one of the top clubs in the National League at the start of the season. Many, many days have gone by since then. And now Pavretti goes down as the fastball is right over the top of his head. One ball and two strikes. Don Hefner was the starting manager for the Reds. He's been replaced by Dave Bristol, who was his third-base coach at the start of the season. Dave, a minor league director in the farm system for the Reds for many years, never got as high as Major League Baseball as a player. In fact, the highest he ever played was Class B-ball. And his first shot in the Major Leagues as a third-base coach and now as a manager. Here's the one-two pitch. Side-arm slider outside. It's off the glove of Hawk Taylor, and it goes on by. And the count goes to two and two. When the Reds were in New York City the last time, on our pregame show on television, I asked Dave Bristol if he had had a contract offered to him for next year, and he said no, but he intended to have one offered, but be very disappointed if he didn't. Here's a 2-2 pitch. It's rounded out to third. Chuck Hiller has a two-hopper. He handles the hop. Throws the first base to retire the side. So a 1-2-3 inning in this game a duplicate all the way down the line for both pitchers. And the score at the end of two, the Mets nothing, the Reds nothing. Now let's take a good look at the scoreboard. Pittsburgh defeated Atlanta by a score of 8-6. They scored five runs in the top of the seventh. The winning pitcher was Steve Blatt. Pete Mickelson picked up a save in the ball game. Olivo was the losing pitcher. Menke, Bailey, Oliver, and Clemente home runs. Clemente's 27th home run of the year put the, re- put the Pittsburgh Pirates in front by the score of 8-6. to six. The game was tied up on a double by Gene Alley, the shortstop. He scored ahead of the home run by Clemente. At the end of three and a half innings, Philadelphia 5, St. Louis 4. Nelson Bryles pitching in place of Al Jackson for the St. Louis Cardinals. Jim Bunning, the starting pitcher for the Phillies. The Cubs beat... The Dodgers, 4 to nothing. The winning pitcher was Ferguson Jenkins. His record now 6-7. He pitched the four hitters. And Joe Muller was the losing pitcher. San Francisco scored five runs in the top of the 13th. They beat Houston by a 9-5 score. The winning pitcher was Bob Pretty in relief. Mays had his 35th home run in the ninth inning with a man on. And Zachary was the losing pitcher in that ball game. Giants are in third place, still in the race, four games back. And Pittsburgh by winning... 
picking up a full game in the Dodgers. They trail by a game and a half. In the American League, at the end of four, no score. Cleveland against Kansas City. Lewis Tion pitching for the Indians against Lindblad. White Sox beat Washington 6-2. to two. The winning pitcher, Pizarro, in relief. The losing pitcher, McCormick. King, a home run in the eighth with no one on. Baltimore scheduled against the California Angels out of the coast. Detroit beat Minnesota 8-1. The winning pitcher was Wickersham. The losing pitcher was Merritt. Cash, a home run in the sixth with two men on. And the Yankees beat Boston 1-0 as Fritz Peterson picked up the win. Now, Danny Napoleon, the leadoff for the Mets here in the top of the third. And the first pitch by Mill Pappas is called a strike. In that Yankee game, Jim Lomberg was the losing pitcher. And there were no home runs. Boston getting six hits and the Yankees getting four. Now, a hard smash by the first baseman in the right field by Napoleon, a base hit. And he stops at first base as Tommy Harper sends the ball in. And the Mets have their second base in the ball game. That brings up Bob Shaw. Today, when you pull the tab with a new Rheingold Extra Dry Chugger Mug, the top comes off with a hiss that sounds like the good Rheingold flavor inside. Six 12-ounce mugs to the carton, and you'll find them in the Chugger Mug display at your local store tavern. Bob Shaw, right-hand batter, batting 250, and the Reds looking for the bunt. First pitch is taken, low and away, and it's ball one, and Bob Shaw was out the bunt. Bob has had 13 hits and 52 times up. He's driven in two runs. No score on this one. It's the top of the third, no one out. Mets with a runner at first base. Now the next pitch is called a strike, and that evens the count of one and one. Aaron Johnson, the third baseman, right on top of Bob Shaw, no more than about 20 feet away when the pitch arrived at the plate. Also charging from first base is Lee May. Now Mill Pappas sets up again. And Shaw does not bunt this time. He swings away, but he misses it. Strike two. Counted one and two. Pappas with a breaking pitch, picking up his second strike. Now Pappas sets again. And his next delivery is bunted high in the air foul back of home plate, and that'll go as a strikeout. Two strike try and a bunt foul off is scored as a strikeout, a put out for the catcher. And it brings up Bud Harrelson. That is the third strikeout for Mill Pappas. He struck out his first two batters, now has picked up his third. Harrelson striking out his first time up. Batting now for the second time. Left-hand batter and Darren Johnson is again right on top. Very close to third. And the first pitch is fouled off at strike one. But with his one time at bat in this ball game, having his average at the 200 mark. But has been at bat 75 times with 15 base hits. Danny Napoleon is on at first base. One away. We're in the top of the third. There's no score in the game. And Mill Pappas back again. And the pitch is fouled off again. Strike two. Two strike count on Bud Harrelson. 
But in his first season in the major leagues, coming up from Jacksonville. Switch hitter. And his two-strike delivery is outside. A fastball missing high and away, and it's one and two. Well, one of the things that any major league ball club looks for is a young shortstop that can play in the major leagues for a long period of time. That's the nucleus of a fine ball club. The Napoleon is running. The pitch is taken high. The throw to the shortstop is in time, and Danny Napoleon is thrown out. Leo Cardenas covering that second base, making the tag. That was Danny Napoleon's first try at a stolen base. And he was thrown out in a fine, quick throw by Don Pavletti. The count now two and two on the pitch to the tie away. And at 2-2, Pappas comes back high again. And the count fills out the three balls and two strikes. The Mets club leader in stolen bases is Cleon Jones. He has stolen 16 out of 23. Behind him is Bud Harrelson, who has stolen 7 out of 7. He grounds the next pitch down toward third base. Darren Johnson picks it up, fires over to first base, and that retires the side. No runs, one hit. No errors, and no one left on base. And the score after two and a half innings, the Mets nothing, the Reds nothing. That's Bugles and Drums, and you'll hear that each evening Monday through Friday at 5.45 on WGY when I bring you Spotlight on Sports, the only full 15-minute radio program in the area devoted exclusively to sports news of the day. This is Bill Carpenter inviting you to hear Sports Spotlight each day. And to tune in Mondays and Thursdays at 5 minutes past 7 p.m. for two new programs of auto racing news, Northeast Racing Roundup on Mondays, and Speedway Highlights on Thursdays. And these programs are only part of WGY's extensive and intensive coverage of sports. Monday through Friday at 6.15, horse racing fans will like Howard Tupper's track talk. Golf enthusiasts will enjoy Bill Edwardson's golf talk on Thursdays at 6.35 p.m. with questions from golfers and answers from pros. All this, plus Mets baseball and national sports coverage from NBC on WGY, your reliable station for sports in 26 counties of New York and New England. We're going to the bottom half of the third of a scoreless ballgame. First man up will be Leo Cardenas for the Cincinnati Reds here in the third. Leo batting against Bob Shaw, who has given up one hit, allowed no runs. The base hit going to Tommy Harper as the leadoff batter in the ballgame. And the first pitch to Cardenas is a breaking pitch that swung on a strike. Cardenas batting 256 with 19 home runs and 79 runs batted in. He'll be followed by Milt Pappas and then back to Tommy Harper. And Bob again back, and the one-strike pitch is inside. One ball, one strike. At the end of four, the St. Louis Cardinals trailing Philadelphia five to four. Philly's getting five runs in the bottom half of the third. 
1-1 delivery is, again, a breaking ball, and this one misses outside. Two balls, one strike. Al Jackson started that game for the Cardinals. Came in with a record of 13 wins and 13 losses. Nelson Bryles is now pitching. Fox has taken over for Jim Bunning, who was a starting pitcher in that ball game. Jim with a record of 17 and 12. The 2-1 pitch is again a breaking ball and again outside. And that puts the count at three balls and one strike. Pittsburgh Pirates go to Philadelphia to play on the 26th, 27th, and 28th, and then finish up at home against the Giants on the 30th, the 1st, and 2nd of October. That means that Jim Bunning will be available for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Here's a 3-1 pitch, fouled away, and the count goes to 3-2. Pirates have one more game left of Atlanta prior to going to Philadelphia. The Dodgers have one more game left at Chicago. Sandy Koufax is going tomorrow on that one. Then they play the St. Louis Cardinals, a four-game set starting on the 26th, and finish up against Philadelphia on the 30th and 1st and 2nd. Giants have one more game left at Houston, then go to Atlanta for three, and then finish up with Pittsburgh. 3-2 pitches fouled off, and the count stays at three balls and two strikes. So it's going to be rather interesting as we follow the National League pennant race right on down to the end. Dodgers in front by a game and a half. The Giants are in third place behind the Pirates, four games back. Now 3-2 again, the pitch, and it's lined into right center field for a base hit. Coming over is Al Lupo to head it off, and Leo Cardinals stops at first. So the hits are all even now at two apiece as Cardinals comes up with one with no one out here in the bottom half of the third, and that brings up the pitcher, Milt Pappen. Milt's batting 100 this year with seven hits and 70 times up, but he's had one home run and has driven in two. Vern Benson, the third base coach, talking to him before going back to the batter's box. Whitey Wittleman's the coach at first base for the Cincinnati Reds. And Whitey has put on a pound or two since he was a player. In fact, he tips the field a little bit that way. Now the first pitch to Pappas as he squares out the bunt, and it's low and outside for a ball. Whitey at one time an infielder, and then a utility infielder, and then a pitcher. hard-working coach for the Cincinnati Reds. Pappas again squares out, and the ball is bunted back to the mound. Bob Shaw looks at second, goes there in time for the out. The throw to first base is in time for the double play as Ron Hunt covers it first. Fine play going from Bob Shaw to Bud Harrelson and then on to Ron Hunt. And now, evidently, there is a change in the decision as the home plate umpire comes walking out toward the second base umpire, Tom Gorman, and we're going to have some sort of a rhubarb going on here. Bill Williams coming all the way out from home plate, and now everything's called off. So no rhubarb as far as the Mets are concerned, but now Whitey Wittemann has something to say to Billy Williams. Bill Pappas didn't leave the box in... Quick form 
The only thing that I could think of that might have happened is the fact that he might have thought his bat was tipped as he was swinging at the ball, or actually bunting at the ball. Or there is a possible chance that there was some interference on the play, at least the Cincinnati Reds think so. Dave Bristol's now arguing with Billy Williams. But the way it stands now, it's a double play, and two men are away. The batter will be Tommy Harper. Bristol still talking with Billy Williams. So Bob Shaw, in this cool evening, continues to throw some extra pitches, and now Tom Gorman is being called in again by Billy Williams. Looks like there might be a little bit more going on than we can uh, actually see right now. Dave Bristol persisting. And now Billy Williams calling Tom Gorman, who is the crew chief of this group out here tonight, in for discussion. Wes Westrom is starting to come out of the dugout now to protect his position. Lindsey Nelson points out a third possibility that Bill Pappas might not have been in the batter's box. But that would have really nothing to do with it unless Billy Williams called time. Now the Reds are leaving the field. And we have no runners on base, so a double play. Evidently, Tom Gorman explained it to Billy Williams' satisfaction and also Dave Bristol's because Dave has gone back to the dugout. Two men away. And the batter's Tommy Harper. Tommy beat out an infield hit his first time up. That raised his average up to 275. Still no score in the ball game. Bottom half of the third. And Bob Shaw with his first pitch to Tommy Harper. A high fastball, ball one. Hawk Taylor going back out halfway to the mound to talk to Bob Shaw before coming back to give out the sign. One ball, no strikes. Shaw now back to work, and a curveball is too high for ball two. Some more football scores. Colgate beat Columbia. 38 to nothing. UCLA beat Syracuse 31 to 12. Notre Dame beat Purdue 26 to 14. Air Force Academy 10, Washington nothing. SMU 21, Navy 3. And now the 2-0 pitch looked at for a called strike. Two balls and one. Kansas City scored a run in the bottom half of the sixth. Off of Lewis Sion, they lead 1-0 after six. Lindblad pitching for the athletic. Right here, no score. Two men out, bottom half of the third. And the 2 1 pitch. The change up that's popped up. The first baseman, Eddie Cranepool, coming down the line in the foul territory. And Eddie makes the catch and that retires the side. 
No runs, one hit. No errors, a double play and a bunt, and no one left on base, and the score at the end of three, the Mets nothing, the Reds nothing. Now here's a word from Rangel. Top of the fourth inning of the fine pitches duel between Milk Pappas and Bob Shaw. Now for the play-by-play, Lindsey Nelson. Thank you very much, Ralph Canada, and hello, everybody. It's Chuck Hiller coming up to lead off now for the New York Mets. Chuck Hiller has been up one time, and he struck out swinging. No score in this ball game. Bill Pappas winds and fires, and the pitch is a breaking ball in there for a called strike. Ron Hutt waiting on deck. Inside for a ball. One to Hiller, nobody on and nobody out. It's Mill Pappas winds and fires. Here's a swing and a foul ball back into the seats and out of play. So it is one ball and two strikes. The hits are all even in the game at two each. Mill Pappas trying to get his record for the season up to 500. He has won 10 and he has lost 11. Pitch is swung on and missed, and Hillary Gunn is a strikeout victim. That's four for Pappas. That brings up Ron Hunt, who has been up one time and had a base hit. He had the first Met hit in the top half of the first inning. Back in the Met lineup tonight at second base with Chuck Hiller having been moved over to third for the night. Toppers pitches a check swing ground ball back to the mound. Backhanded by Toppers and tossed on over to Lee May. Hunt has grounded out. Two away, nobody on base. And now Luplo is coming up. He's been up one time and he popped out to second base. Six 
Cincinnati Reds with the same defensive alignment that they had on the field last night, with the exception, of course, of the pitcher. Jim Maloney went all the way to get the win last night. Now Pappas with the pitch to the left-hand batter. He swung on and popped up to the right side. At second base, Tommy Helms is there, pounding the glove, and he makes the catch. So the start is out in order. In the top of the fourth, no runs, no hits, no errors, none left. Destroyed the end of three and a half innings is Mets nothing and the Reds nothing. Hear that? Guess who it is? It's an American citizen dancing for joy about the new higher interest rates on United States savings bonds. Now, U.S. savings bonds earn 4.15% interest when held to maturity. Over 4% return on savings bonds. Sounds great, doesn't it? Well, it's true. Your money couldn't be safer if the FBI patrolled it day and night. And yet, bonds bring you 4.15% in return. The new higher interest rates apply to new bonds you buy or to those you now hold for their remaining period to maturity. Get in step. Buy U.S. savings bonds where you work or where you bank. They're safe. They pay over 4% interest and... And Tommy Helms is up to lead off for the Cincinnati Reds. Playing second base these days in place of Pete Rose, who is out with an injury. Playing hands sustained last Tuesday. Sliding into second base against the Chicago Cubs. Pete Rose is in the press box tonight watching the ball game. There's a high hop of the third taken by Hiller, and he sidearms on to Craneville in time. There's one away. Tommy Helms swinging on the first ball pitched in the inning by Bob Shaw. Vader Penson is the batter. He's been up one time and he grounded out second to first. A doubleheader here tomorrow between the Mets and the Cincinnati Reds. Here's the pitch to the left-hand batter. Bunnett up into the air to the mound, and it's taken by Bob Shaw right there. So Veda Pumpkin trying to bunny's way on instead has popped it up to the pitcher on the bunt. Throw away. Now Darren Johnson, he's been up one time, and he grounded out short to first. Pitches in for a called strike. Darren Johnson, right hand power hitter, hitting cleanup in the batting order for the Cincinnati Reds. Shaw dips into the fluid windup and the pitch. Breaking ball in there for a called strike two to Darren Johnson. Bob Shaw has struck out none and walked none. The totals to this point are identical. The Mets, no runs, two hits, no errors. The Reds, no runs, two hits, no errors.
Now the two-strike delivery, and it's low and away for a ball. One and two. Now the one-two offering. Get on the ground towards third. Charged by Hiller. Gets a big hop. Guns it across in time to get Darren Johnson. Bob Shaw sets the Reds down in order. No runs, no hits, no errors, none left. Short the end of four full innings is. The Mets nothing and the Reds nothing. Well, you can get tickets for the five remaining home games of the New York Mets at a wide variety of convenient ticket locations. The advanced ticket window at Shea Stadium is open seven days a week, eight to six on weekdays, nine to five on Saturdays and Sundays. In Manhattan at Grand Central Station, the Mets ticket office is at the foot of the 42nd Street and Vanderbilt Avenue ramp. Open weekdays, 8 to 6, Saturdays, 8.30 to 4. In Manhattan, Macy's at 34th Street and 7th Avenue, there is a Met ticket office on the main floor near the 7th Avenue entrance. And for Long Islanders, there is a Met ticket office at Macy's and Huntington, Long Island, in the Walt Whitman Shopping Center, open during regular store hours. Reservations for box and reserve seats may be made at all Howard closed stores during regular store hours, and also at any branch of the manufacturer's hand of a trust company during banking hours. Tickets may be obtained by mail by writing ticket manager Shea Stadium Flushing, New York. Box seat 350, reserve seat 250. Add 25 cents to each order to cover mailing costs. We pause now for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. Your station for sports in the great northeast, WGY Schenectady. The smoothest sound around. This is Lindsey Nelson with Ralph Kiner and Bob Murphy at Crosley Field in Cincinnati, Ohio. The Mets nothing and the Reds nothing as we go to the top half of the fifth inning and Cleon Jones is up to lead off for the Mets. Cleon's been up one time and he grounded out, pitcher to first. Cleon is a right-hand batter facing right-hand pitcher, Milt Pappas. Mets in for a called strike. At Tiny Mac Stadium in Philadelphia, going to the top half of the sixth inning, it is the Philadelphia Phillies five, the St. Louis Cardinals four. Al Jackson started for the Cardinals. Nelson Brown's relieved in the third inning. Jim Bunning started for the Phillies, and Terry Fox is relieved in the fourth inning. Now Pappas with a strike one pitch. It's a let up high, and it's one and one. In the American League, at the end of seven innings of play, the Cleveland Indians three and the Kansas City A's one. Luis Tiant for Cleveland. Paul Lindblad started the Kansas City Acre in the seventh inning. Right here, there is no score. And we're in the fifth. Mill Pappas with a 1-1 pitch. And it's swung on, lined into right field. And this one is dipping in there for a base hit. Leon Jones, rounding first, on his way to second. Harper chases it to the corner. Leon rounds second, he's on his way to third. Harper's relay coming in, no play on Jones. He's standing at third with a triple to right. It's a leadoff triple for Leon Jones, the third hit for the Mets off Mill Pappas. And it brings up Ed Cranville, who has been up one time and fouled out to third base. The Chicago Cubs shut out the Los Angeles Dodgers today, four to nothing. 
Pittsburgh Pirates beat the Atlanta Braves 8 to 6. So the Pirates are a game and a half out. In 13 innings, the San Francisco Giants beat Houston 9 to 5, getting five runs in the top half of the 13th. Right here in no score. Cincinnati now moves the left side of the infield up there on Johnson and Leo Cardinals. They have Tommy Helms deep at second. And first baseman Lee May is halfway to the left hand out of Cranepool. Playing on a ground ball. It's going through into center field for a base hit. Cleon Jones comes on to score. Beta Pinson up with the ball. And after a wide turn, Cranepool goes back to first with a ground single to center. A run batted in. It was a ground ball past Leo Cardenas, who was pulled in. Had he been at normal depth, he would have been able to make a play on the ball. But it goes as a base hit. A run batted in. The Mets won and the Reds nothing. Taylor's up. Nobody out for the Mets batting here in the top half of the fifth inning. Cranfield takes his lead at first with Lee May holding against the runner. Here's Mill Pappas with a curveball swung on and fouled off to the right side and out of play. Danny Napoleon is waiting on deck. Dan Pappas reads the sign of catcher Don Pavletic. Here's the pitch. That's ball in there for a call strike. Two strikes to Hawk Taylor, who's been up one time and flied out to right field. Mets now have a total of four hits off Mill Pappas. Rainbow leads at first base off the stretch. Now Pappas with the pitch. Missed outside. It's one and two. Bill Williams, the umpire behind the plate. Frank does line at first. Tom Grumman at second. Lee Wire at third. Now this will be a one-two delivery. Swung on and missed. So Mill Pappas. Gets his fifth strikeout as he gets Hog Taylor swinging. We think a lot of Rheingold drinkers are going to be happy with our new Chug-A-Mug package of six 12-ounce mugs now selling at your local store. No opener needed. You just pull that tab and drink that Rheingold extra dry right from the mug. One away, runner at first. Danny Napoleon's up. He's been up one time and had a base hit. Right hand up. Swing on a ground ball. Chopped off foul down the third baseline. Whitey Herzog comes off the line. Three three is a foul ball. On the play, disputed in the bottom half of the third inning with Mill Pappas up a runner at first, and he bunted the ball into a double play. Bill Williams at the plate had called interference on Pappas, interfering with Hawk Taylor. So the Mets had an option. They could take the one out or they could take the play. Naturally, they took the option of the double play. Here is a swing and a miss. Two strike count to Napoleon. Had Pappas delivered a base hit, the Mets could have taken the option 
of the interference call at the play, nullified the base hit and taken the one out. Since he bunted into the double play, they took that option. The Mets are leading here by a score of one to nothing. Rainbow leads at first base, and here's the pitch. Swung on and fouled out. Count holds it two strikes to Danny Napoleon, batting number eight in the Mets batting order. Comfortable night in Cincinnati, Ohio. For the Mets' last night road game of the season. There's a high pop to the right side in foul territory. Lee May is there waiting, and he makes the catch. Holding at first is painful two away, and Bob Shaw is the batter. Danny Napoleon fouling out to first. Charge went up one time, and he bunted a third strike foul. Charge with a strikeout. Now Pappas bends from the waist. Before looking in to get the sign, just taking a little breather. Lee May playing off the bag and behind the runner, ready to shift back into position on the pitch. Here's a swing and a looper into right field, and could be coming out is Harper, and he makes the catch on the run. Harper using his speed to good advantage to get in to take the blooper off the bat of Bob Shaw. The side is out, but the Mets got a run on two hits, no errors, and one left. And the score at the end of four and a half innings is the Mets one and the Reds nothing. This is WGY News. This is the sound that means news. Up to the minute, concise and complete. From the facilities of NBC, Associated Press, United Press International, the United States Weather Bureau, a staff of stringers throughout a 26-county area, and a newsroom staff of experienced news people, WGY keeps you informed of the latest happenings. More than 20 times a day in regularly scheduled newscasts from 6 in the morning to midnight, WGY brings you the latest news from around the world, around the area, and across the street. And when something newsworthy happens, you get it in bulletin form when it happens. All this, plus specialized programs on farm news, sports, weather, and business, make WGY's news department your best information center for what's going on in the world today. Cincinnati Reds are coming up in the bottom half of the fifth inning to face, to face Bob Shaw, and it is Lee May. He's been up one time and lined out to left field. Shaw pitched to the right-hand batter. Swung on and missed for strike one. Bob Shaw, overall, with the Giants and Mets, has a record this year of 11 wins and 13 losses. 
Since coming to the New York Mets, Shaw has won 10 games and lost 9. Strike one delivery to May, sidearm, then it misses high and away, so it's one and one. We'll be on the air tomorrow afternoon with radio and television coverage of the doubleheader on the air at 1.55 p.m. New York time. And the Mets will be coming home to Shea Stadium Tuesday night against the Cubs. Here's a letter pick, and it's low. Two and one to Lee May. The 2-1 delivery. Her ball swung on and missed. It's 2-2. Two, two. outside. So the count runs full now to Lee May, leading off to the Reds here in the bottom half of the fifth inning. The Mets leading in the ball game by a score of one to nothing. And here's the payoff pitch. It's in there for a call strike, a check swing. Billy Williams says strike three, and it is Bob Shaw's first strike out of the night. That'll bring up our Chamsky. Starting today, the New York Mets were four games back of the eighth place Houston Astros, and the Houston Astros were defeated by the Giants. So starting the ninth play, the Mets are three and a half games back of the Houston Astros. Billy Williams inspects the baseball and leaves it in play, tossing it back out to Bob Shaw. The pitch to the left-hand batter. Breaking ball outside for ball one. takes a look around now before working again to Shamsky. Now turns to Pirin and get a sign from Hawk Taylor. The 1-0 delivery. Swung on and line in the right field. A base hit for Shamsky. Loop low up of the ball plays it by Shamsky. Turns and holds it first with a singular right. That's the third hit for the Reds off Bob Shaw. John Pavletic's the batter. He's been up one time and he grounded out third to first. The National League pennant race is far from over. With the Dodgers holding a game and a half lead over the Pittsburgh Pirates at this juncture. You recall in 1964, the Phillies appeared to have it won. Then it appeared briefly as though the Reds would win it. 
the Cardinals did. Here's a swing and a foul ball with a runner going. It's out of play. Strike one. To Pavletic with Shamsky moving on the first pitch. There's one man out. 1964, the Cardinals won it on the last day of the season. The New York Mets had delayed the clincher for the Cardinals by taking two games. And the next to the last day of the season, it was 15 to 5, and on the Friday night, it was 1 nothing. Here's a pitch low, 1 and 1. Rainpool is holding against runner Art Shamsky at first base. Now Bob Short of the Rosenbach. We're in the bottom half of the fifth inning at Crosley Field in Cincinnati, Ohio. Runner goes. 1-1 pitch. Swung on this. Taylor sort of Harrison. And he's out at second base. Art Shamsky goes 2-6 if you're scoring. They played hit and run. Pavletic swung and missed it to play it, and Taylor threw out Chamsky at second with Harrelson putting the tag on. With two men out and nobody on, the count to Pavletic is one ball and two strikes. There's a one-two pitch. Low for a ball. The Astrodome in Houston, Texas, they have an electronic cheerleader. The scoreboard prompts the audience. Here at Classic Field in Cincinnati, it's the organist who uh, incites the fans to the cry of charge. Apparently, uh, he's tossing it in most anywhere. They must be practicing for next season. Here's the 2-2 pitch. And it's breaking ball in there for a cold strike. Three second strike out for Bob Shaw. He got two in the inning. No runs, one hit, no errors, and none left. And the score at the end of five full innings is the Mets one and the Reds nothing. From tomorrow, Sunday afternoon, October 2nd, will mark the closing day of the 1966 Major League Baseball season. The Houston Astros will be in New York to play the Mets at Shea Stadium. And appropriately, the Mets have designated Sunday, October 2nd, that's Fan Appreciation Day. It's been a great season with fans turning out in record numbers. And the Mets management wants to show its appreciation. So the youngsters coming to the ballpark on Sunday, October 2nd, 16 years of age and under, will receive a replica of the Mets batting helmet. It's in Mets blue with the foam rubber padding inside. And every fan who shows up at the ballpark will receive a surprise gift of some kind. So that's on Sunday, October 2nd, Fan Appreciation Day at Shea Stadium in New York. Right here at Crosley Field in Cincinnati, five inning totals for the Mets. One run on four hits and no errors. For the Cincinnati Reds, no runs, three hits, and no errors. Scheduled up for the Mets in this inning, top of the batting order. Bud Harrelson, Chuck Hiller, and Ron Hunt to face Mill Pappas, who came over to Cincinnati from the Baltimore Orioles in the Frank Robinson deal. The Reds felt that in the previous season it was their pitching that had let them down. 
So in order to bolster the pitching, they gave up Frank Robinson, who promptly became the leader of the Baltimore Orioles and led them to their first American League pennant ever. Jack Walsh and Dick Simpson came with Mill Pappas in that deal. Now Harrelson's up, switch hitter, batting left. He has struck out and grounded out third to first so far. We go to the top half of the sixth inning. The pitch to the Mets shortstop. He zips in there for a call, strike one. Darren Johnson at third had moved well in on the grass against the bunt possibility with Harrelson up there. Pitch is high and tight. It's one and one. The Mets have had Harrelson in there steadily of late. They hope that he can gain enough experience to learn to slap that ball around and use his speed to hit for an average because he can use the speed as a base runner. He can feel the position. He has a strong arm. Here's a one-one delivery. Inside. Two and one. Of course, the prime example in the major leagues of a man who learned to do that was Maury Wills. The most recent example is Don Kessinger, the shortstop of the Chicago Cubs, who began switch hitting in May and has a season batting average now above 300 for the season. Here's a pitch inside. Off the glove of Pavletic and is rolling on back. Three and one to Harrelson. Cincinnati shades the defense toward left, playing Harrison to slap the ball to the opposite field. Here's a 3-1 pitch, it's high, and Harrison draws a walk. It's a leadoff walk. It's the first one issued by Mill Pappas in the ballgame. He was a Mets runner with nobody out, and Chuck Hiller coming up. He's been up twice, struck out twice. Hiller's batting average for the season right now is at 297. He had two hits in last night's game. He has been above the 300 mark for most of the season. That pitch is high and away. Ball one to Chuck Hiller. Playing third base and batting number two in the net order. Jack Fisher and Rob Gardner scheduled to go on the mound tomorrow for the Mets. Sammy Ellis and Jim O'Toole for the Cincinnati Reds. Pitch for the runner going. Swung on and fouled off to the left side out of play. The next play hit and run. It'll bring Harrison back to the bag at first. Managers like to play hit and run with a man like Harrison because even if the batter gets no wood on the ball, he might steal it anyway. One and one to count to Hiller. Pitch is low for a ball. Harrelson bluffs to start at first. It's two and one. Harrelson has stolen seven bases in seven attempts. Throw to first. It's not in time. Now, Pappas off the set, checks the runner. He's going. Here's a swing and a looper into right field. And coming on is Harper. He makes the catch on the run now. Harrison hustling back to first base. 
Harper uses that speed to get advantage in right field. He got in to make the catch. The Mets playing hit and run once again. One away. Ron Hunt coming up. There's action now in the Cincinnati bullpen. Left-hander Ted Davidson is up in throw. Ron Hunt is one for two in the ballgame tonight. For the season, Hunt is hitting 283. The Mets are leading in this game one to nothing. Pappas checks the runner, deals the pitch to the right-hand batter, and it's in there for a tall strike. It looked for a brief moment as though that loop off the bat of Hilla might fall in there, and if it had, Allison has been a lead-type fence to pull up safely at third. Already he was at second, just sort of holding up to protect himself. And it's low. One and one. Following the game tonight, the Mets have seven to play. Two on the road. Tomorrow's doubleheader here at Cincinnati. And five at home at Shea Stadium. Two against the Chicago Cubs. Three against the Houston Astros. Runner goes, and here's a swing and a miss. Uh, he slides in, and he is out. And Cardinals put the tag on Harrison as Hunt threw his bat at the outside pitch in an effort to protect the runner. Harrison has been thrown out stealing for the first time this year. He's seven for eight now. Stolen base department. Two away for the Mets. Nobody on. One and two, the count to Hunt. Hunt threw the bat up the first baseline. An effort to get a little wood on the ball to protect the runner on the outside pitch. It's not a pitch out. Here's a swing and a ground ball. That is backhanded off the glove of Jaron Johnson and on out into left field. And Hunt turns and holds it first with a base hit. His second of the night. Jansky returns the ball to the infield. Jaron Johnson tried to backhand the ball. It was just off his glove. He floated up a little and continued onto the outfield grass. The official scorer says base hit. Now, Luke Lowe is up for the Mets. The New York Mets won. The Cincinnati Reds, nothing. The Mets batting in the top half of the sixth inning. There's a playing and a high pop to left field, and Chamsky is coming in. Cardenas is going out, and Chamsky one-hands the ball as Cardenas sealed off at the last moment. Side is off. No runs are hitting the walk in the road and one left and the score at the end of five and a half innings is the Mets one and the Reds nothing. We all love our country. It's the most beautiful country in the world. Let's prove how much we love it. Let's keep America beautiful. Doesn't it make you fighting mad to see thoughtless, careless people spreading trash and litter all over our streets and roads and highways and waterways? Doesn't it make your blood boil? When people scatter rubbish all over our parks and woodlands and beaches, you bet it does. So always carry a litter bag in car or boat. When you have trash to get rid of, don't throw it away. Stow it away. Hold everything for the proper receptacle. 
Our roads and streets and parks and waterways belong to all of us. Litter is an eyesore, interferes with outdoor fun. It's a threat to health and highway safety. Costs tax dollars, too. Every litter bit hurts you. We have the most beautiful country in the world. Let's keep it that way. Let's all work together to keep America beautiful. The Cincinnati Reds are coming up. And the bottom half of the sixth inning with the number eight man in the order, Leo Cardenas, to lead off. He's been up one time and he's singled the right field. Bob Shaw started. He's been in all the way for the Mets. Bob Shaw speaks to the right-hand batter. a breaking ball swung on and fouled out to the right side and out of play. Strike one. Bill Pappas kneeling in the on-deck circle with the jacket on. Joe Nussdahl is up and throwing in the bullpen now for the Cincinnati Reds. Joe Nussdahl, who appeared in a major league game when he was 15 years of age. He didn't come back for eight more years. Now the pitch. It's deep to left field. It's way back there. Going, going, and this one is in the screen for a home run for Leo Sackler. Number 20 for Cardinals. And the score is tied. The Reds won the next one.
Now the pitch. It's deep to left field. It's way back there. Going, going. And this one is in the screen for a home run for Leo Gardner. Number 20 for Gardner. And the score is tied. The Reds won the next one. That is the all-time Cincinnati record for home runs by a shortstop. Eddie Miller has the club record of 19. Cardinals has 20. That announcement is being made to the crowd, and you hear the crowd reaction. But more importantly to the Mets, the score is tied 1-1. Nobody out, nobody on, and no Pappas, the pitcher, is up. Ball is belted to left field, landing in the screen above the fence and left. Pappas has gone up one time and bunted into a double play on the Oskin play. There's a foul ball out of play, pounding on into the field boxes back of third. Pappas was up in the third inning. Cardinals was on his first, nobody out. Pappas bunted. Played umpire Billy Williams called interference as he interfered with Hawk Taylor. Bob Shaw came up with the ball fired to Harrelson and on to first for a double play, so the Mets had an option of taking the play or the call on Pappas at the plate. There's a swing and a miss on a breaking ball. It's two strikes to Pappas. Rule was changed a few years ago to allow an option on a play so that a team could not profit by uh, having had an infraction call. There's a swing and a high pop foul back to third. Doug Giller chases it over. It's playable to him. He makes the grab. One away. Tommy Harper's coming up. He's one for two and he's stolen a base here tonight. One run on five hits. The Reds, one run on four hits. Here's a pitch low for a ball. Tommy Harper, the right fielder. Harper has a season batting average of 274. Pitch is on the outside corner. Harper moving out to bunt on the ball, trying to pull the bat off, but it is a strike at one and one. Tommy Helms has moved out on deck. Shaw's 1-1 offering. Swung on. He's on the ground to suck it. Ron Hunt up for the ball. He plays the crane pool, and there's two men off. Right here at Crosley Field in Cincinnati, we pass for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. Your station for sports in the great Northeast, WGY Schenectady, the smoothest sound around. This is Lindsey Nelson with Bob Murphy and Ralph Kiner at Shea Stadium in New York. 
Here is the pitch. Or rather, uh, Crosby Field in Cincinnati. Here's the pitch to Helms in there for a call strike. We'll be at Jay Stadium in New York on Tuesday night with the Mets taking on the Chicago Cubs on Tuesday night and Wednesday afternoon. Then the final series at Jay Stadium on the weekend, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon. Here's a swing and a foul ball. Two strike count. We'll be back here across the field again tomorrow afternoon. Score tied, 1-1. Now, time is called, and Dave Bristol, the manager of the Cincinnati Reds, comes out to have a word with Bill Williams. The plate umpire again. Apparently having to do with uh, the charge that Bob Shaw throws his football. Bristol there, hands in his hip pocket, bracing Williams and continued uh, conversation. Shaw, meanwhile, is standing on the mound. And now Dave Bristol spreads his hands, and Billy Williams takes off the mat, and it's getting to be a heated conversation, and Bristol turns and strides back toward the dugout. There are two men out. Nobody on base. And here's a two-strike delivery to Tommy Helm. Curveball in there for a call strike three, and the side is retired. Shaw picking up his third strikeout, a good curveball. One run on one hit, the homer by Cardinals. No errors, none left. Story at the end of six full innings is the Mets one and the Reds one. Bob Murphy will be along for the play-by-play in just a moment. Right now, do you ever stop to think of how many lonesome travelers there are here in yonder and how thirsty they get? I am a lonely and a lonesome traveler. I am a lonely and a lonesome traveler. I am a lonely and a lonesome traveler. I've been a traveling on. I travel here and then I... From California to New York, the American folk singer travels here and yonder, carrying with him the music of the whole world and its peoples. And sometimes when the traveling gets thirsty, he puts down his guitar and accompanies himself with a cold beer, maybe Rheingold. And in New York City, where more songs and travelers stop than anywhere else in the world, more people buy Rheingold Extra Dry than any other beer. How come? Maybe it's the Oregon hops we use. Who knows? But we must be doing something right. Now we go to the seventh inning here at Crosby Field, and while the teams were exchanging sides, Dave Bristol came out to continue his running verbal battle with umpire Billy Williams. We are completely in the dark, but are speculating that it has something to do with Bob Shaw not wiping off his fingers after going to his mouth. But possibly not, because Billy Williams went into a conference with the crew chief of the umpiring team, Tom Gorman, to talk it over, and now Billy calls Bristol out and wants to give the edict of umpire Tom Gorman. Dave Bristol, 33-year-old skipper of the Cincinnati Reds, the interim manager, 
took over when Don Hefner was fired right after the All-Star break. Best described by his players as a real fighter. In the seventh inning, Cleon Jones leads off for the New York Mets. Cleon's last time up, he tripled to the right field corner. He came in to score on a base hit by Eddie Cranepool. The game is tied one-to-one as Cleon leads off the seventh inning. Veteran softball Joe Nuxall continues to stay ready in the bullpen. The pitch by Pappas, a fastball in the outside corner, strike one. New York has one run, five hits, no errors. Cincinnati, one run, four hits, no errors. And a let-up is popped up into short right field. Tommy Helms, the second baseman, backpedaling, makes the catch for the out. Any one of three probably could have made the grab. The first baseman, Lee May, or the right fielder, Tommy Harper. Now Eddie Cranebrew, Eddie has one for two, and that was a run-scoring single, bringing home Jones in the fifth inning. The RBI for Eddie was his 55th of the year. Eddie is the team runner-up and runs batted in. The team leader is Ken Boyer. Now the wind-up by Milt. Here's his pitch. And it's inside, brushing the hitter at Cranebrew, away from the plate. One ball, no strike. A high fly ball hits a short left field. In comes Shemsky, the left fielder, to draw a beat on it, and he makes the grab, two men down. Throw two up and two set aside by Mel Pappas, and that brings up Hawk Taylor. Taylor has flied to right and been struck out, nothing for two. Hawk batting at 170, has three home runs, 11 RBIs. Hawk has good power when he gets the big end of the bat on one, and the outfield plays him around the left. Now the curve is outside, one ball and no strike. We'll be on the air with the doubleheader tomorrow at 2, New York time. Actually, airtime 1.55. The doubleheader gets underway at 2 p.m. Jack Fisher and Rob Gardner are the Mets pitchers. Jim O'Toole will work the first game for Cincinnati. And Sammy Ellis will pitch in the second game. Ellis is a fireballer, so Dave Bristol wants him working in the later part of the day. Here's the pitch on the way. Low and outside. Two balls and no strikes on Hawk Taylor. The 2-0 delivery. And the fast slider is on the outside corner, 2-1. Bill Pappas kind of shook people up around Cincinnati last night when he announced that he is seriously considering retirement at the end of the season. Might very well be that Milt has a good sense of timing. The 2-1 delivery. Ground ball hit toward the middle. Up with it is Cardenas. The throw to first, he got him.
Well, that's highway robbery by Leo Cardenas, taking a base hit away from Hawk Taylor. No runs, no hits, no errors, and none left on. Seventh inning stretch time across the field at the end of six and a half, the Mets won, the Cincinnati Reds won. Now here's the word from Rangel. I don't know the reason. I can't tell you why. More people like Rangel. The beer is dry, but we must do something. Yes, we must be doing something right. seventh inning. Beta Penson leading off for Cincinnati. The Reds have the heart of their batting order coming up against Bob Shaw. West Westrom has young Bill Hepler warming up in the bullpen now. The game is tied 1-1. And the pitch by Bob Shaw. A smash to short caught by Bud Harrelson one down. Hard line drive that hit right at Bud Harrelson. One away, nobody on. We mentioned moments earlier talking about Mel Pappas and his stories when he is seriously considering retirement. We are talking to Milt before the game tonight. Milt was saying that he has been thinking all along that if the time came when he was ready to go into business, he might consider retirement. He also probably has a good sense of timing. Here's the pitch on the way. A high fly ball to left center hit by Darren Johnson. Moving in under the ball is Danny Napoleon. He's got it. Two men down. Milt and his partner are opening a brand new restaurant in Baltimore on the 8th of October. World Series time. No better way to get a lot of publicity for your restaurant than to buy announce your retirement from baseball because you plan to devote full time to your business. Milt said had he still been in Baltimore, naturally he wouldn't consider retiring because pitching would be an asset to him. Outside and low to Lee May, ball one. But as Ralph Kiner knows, having been a great ball player himself, ball players oftentimes at this time of the year will honestly think they are considering retirement. But after they shovel snow all winter and that sun starts to break out, you think a little differently. Foul ball back upstairs and out of play. I think, Bob, about this time of year, especially if you're having a bad year, that about 90% of the players having a bad year figure this will be the last one. I can remember a few years ago when Frank Robinson was dead serious when he said he thought he would retire here in Cincinnati. Remember that? Well, it's a large, really hard grind during the regular season, and you get disappointed when you don't have a good year, and you think, well, there must be an easier way to make a living, but then after that winter time goes by, you get the urge again. There's a drive, hit high and deep, the left field, way back up there, and it's gone, a home run by Lee May to break the tie. 
play breaks the 1-1 deadlock and a home run into the left field street. The first home run is joining Cincinnati after playing this year at Buffalo in the International League. Big, strong, right-hand hitter, and he really ripped that one. It's like a hanging curveball that he hit up into the screen. And the Reds are in front, 2-1. to one. Both of their runs have come on home runs. Leo Cardenas and Lee May hitting homers. Now Shamsky, the batter, and the pitcher's outside ball one. Now, Tug McGraw and Bob Friend are the one-up pitchers for the New York Mets. Mets have fallen behind two to one on the home run by Lee May. He hit it with two outs and nobody on. And Shamsky hits the ground ball wide at first, fielded by Cranefield. Shaw comes over to cover, in time on the side of time. One run, one hit on the home run by Lee May. No errors, none left. Now seven innings complete. The Cincinnati Reds two, and the New York Mets one. Well, that's the score here at Crosby Field. For those of you who may be joining us late, Ralph will update you on all the other scores. Well, the Pittsburgh Pirates scored five runs in the top of the seventh inning and defeated Atlanta by a score of 8-6. to six. The crowning blow was a home run by Roberto Cometti, his 27th, with a man on to put the Pirates in front. Pirates a game and a half out now as the Dodgers also lost. Winning pitcher was Steve Blast in relief. Dennis Menke, Bailey, Oliver, and Kameni home runs in that ball game. Going to the top of the eighth inning, Philadelphia in front of St. Louis by a score of 5-4. to four. Five runs for the Phillies in the third, giving them the edge. Al Jackson knocked out, and now pitching for the St. Louis Cardinals, Joe Horner. Fox pitching for the Philadelphia Phillies in place of starter Jim Bunning. The Chicago Cubs defeated the Dodgers by a score of 4-0. The four-hitter for Ferguson Jenkins, it was his sixth win. He's lost seven. Losing pitcher was Joe Moeller, no home runs in the game. The Pittsburgh Pirates now have seven games left as they trail by one-and-a-half games. The Dodgers have a total of eight games left. Still in the race, but four games back, the San Francisco Giants, they defeated Houston by a score of 9-5. to five. Willie Mays had a home run in the ninth inning with a man on his 35th of the year. The winning pitcher was Bob Pretty, and the losing pitcher was Zachary. The Giants won it with five runs in the 13th inning, and they got 18 hits in the game. In the American League, going to the top of the 10th inning, the final score, actually, as we go through the ninth inning, the score 3-1 Cleveland over Kansas City. Chicago beat Washington 6-2. Detroit over Minnesota 8 to 1, and the Yankees beat Boston by a score of 1 to nothing. Also on the schedule, Baltimore against California. All right, Ralph, the eighth inning, Danny Napoleon up against No Pappas, a swing and a miss, strike one. Johnny Lewis has come out on deck to bat for Bob Shaw. Shaw pitching a superb ball game, yielding home runs to Leo Cardenas and to Jerry May, or Lee May, I should say. And it's a two-to-one ball game in the eighth inning. Breaking ball, a strike on the outside corner. Danny Napoleon has singled to right and fouled out to first, one for two. Each team has five hits. The Reds lead two-to-one, top of the eighth inning. Now Milt takes his sign from Pavletti. And the pitch of check swing blooper hit down the right field line. Fair ball for a base hit. 
Napoleon trying for a double. The throw by Tommy Harper, not in time. He goes in standing up with a two-base set. A check swing blue double down the right field line by Danny Napoleon. So the tying run is on second, nobody out. And now Johnny Lewis will hit for Bob Shaw. Johnny Lewis, the pinch hitter. New York trailing by a run. Napoleon on second, nobody out. Darren Johnson shortens up at third in the event of a bunt. Now Pappas off the stretch. Here's the pitch on the way. A drive hit toward the gap in left center. It may swing in for a hit. It does. Napoleon held up to see. He's still being waved around. He'll score without a play. The game is tied 2-2 two two on the base hit by Johnny Lewis. Had the Reds gone for a play at the plate, they would have had quite a chance to get Danny Napoleon. Napoleon didn't move over four or five feet off second base. He was just camped there waiting and thinking, I guess, the ball was going to be caught. Then when he saw finally it was dropping in, he turned it on, was waved around by Whitey Herzog, Benson not realizing that Napoleon was holding close to second, played the ball back into second base. The Mets have tied it up. It's two to two. Bud Harrelson up. They look for the butt. Bud bunts the ball, and it is foul. No play. Grabbed quickly by Don Pavletti as Lewis takes off and slides in the second. Base hit by Johnny Lewis was not hit hard, but it was perfectly placed in the gap in left center. Game is tied, 2-2. Mets quickly getting even. Now the stretch by Pappas. Here's the pitch. And Harrelson lets it go. It's inside. One ball, one strike. Right-hander Don Nottabart and left-hander Ted Davidson on call now in the Cincinnati bullpen. Lewis, a good base runner, leading off first. And it's over. Strike two call, and Harrelson didn't like it. Bud uh, had the bat out there to bunt, but didn't think he offered at it, and Billy Williams said he offered at it. There's no doubt about the pitch being way out of the strike zone. It was high, and it was outside. That puts Bud at a disadvantage in his hopes to move the runner over, and the count is one ball and two strikes. Any run scored here on the top of the eighth inning belonged to Bob Shaw. Fastball high, two and two. The only way Shaw can pick up the win is if the Mets grab the lead here in the eighth and then hold the lead. However, Shaw cannot be the loser. He could be the winner. Pitching two and two. And it's a line drive caught by Carter. This to throw the first double play. Harrelson lines into a double play. A liner going to Leo Cardenas, who doubled up Johnny Lewis with that strong arm of his. Now two outs, nobody on, and the batter is jugular. You know, the competition is really tough in the Filter Cigarette League, but Viceroy leads the pack. Anytime you try them, you'll find Viceroy's got the taste that's right. 
Chuck Hiller hits the first pitch ground ball to second base. Helms up with it, plays on to first, and the side is out. One run, two hits, no errors, none left on. At the end of seven and a half innings, the New York Mets two and the Cincinnati Reds two. It's hard to find a job that pays $50 a month anymore. About the only one who has nerve enough to offer you that is Uncle Sam. $50 a month is what you get saved for you during the year you spend in Vista. But people don't join Vista to get rich, except in a special sense. Vista is volunteers in service to America. And Vista volunteers come from all parts of the country. They're all ages, all types. The one thing they have in common is a sense of commitment to something they consider more important than their own comfort. They're spending a year fighting poverty, full-time. They're learning all sorts of things about people, about this country, about themselves. VISTA. To get the whole story, write V-I-S-T-A, Box B, Washington, D.C. Vista, Box B, Washington. Last of the eighth inning, veteran right-hander Bob Friend now pitching for the New York Mets. Bob Shaw lifted in favor of a pinch hitter, a move that paid off for the New York Mets. As Johnny Lewis singled home, Danny Napoleon with a dying run. So Bob Shaw, who pitched seven splendid innings, can neither win nor lose. He allowed two runs, gave up five hits, did not walk a man, and struck out three. Bob Friend, in 21 appearances, has won five and lost seven. His last outing, he started against the Dodgers on September 13th. This year, Bob has saved one ball game. In the last of the eighth inning, the Reds have the tail end of their batting order coming up. Don Pavletic, Leo Cardenas, and Milt Pappas. The Cincinnati runs tonight have been on home runs by Leo Cardenas and by Lee May. Both hit by right-hand batters up into the screen above the left field fence. Dick Rostek getting loose now in the Mets bullpen. Now friend has his sign from Hawk Taylor. And the pitch to Pavletic is inside of the letters. One ball and no strike. Bottom half of the eighth inning, the game tied 2-2. Next pitch on the way, a ground ball hit toward the middle and on through for a base hit to center field. Harrelson just missed flagging it down with that speed of his. And the Reds have their leadoff man on, and it brings up Leo Cardenas. He set a new Cincinnati club record when he hit his 20th home run of the year in the sixth inning. That tied the ball game at one to one. He had shared the old club record with Eddie Miller at 19. They may get a pinch runner. 
Chico Ruiz is coming out of the dugout. And Ruiz will run for Don Pavletti. Now, how will they play a little? Leo Cardenas, probably the number, the best number eight hitter in baseball, stepping in. The pitcher is scheduled up next. Now the pitch on the way. Fastball in for a strike as he bluffed it a bunt. Jack Hamilton has now joined Dick Rustick in the Mets bullpen. Leo Cardenas has had some kind of a year for a number eight hitter in the batting order. 20 home runs, 80 runs batted in. And he bumps down the first base line, a good bunt. Cardenas tagged out, unassisted by Cranepool. Ruiz goes to second. And now Gordy Coleman is coming out of the dugout, and Milt Pappas is being called back. Veteran first baseman and left-hand batter Gordy Coleman hitting 254 on the year. Five home runs, 37 runs batted in. He'll be hitting for Milt Pappas. Wes Westrom is galloping out to the mound now for a chat with Bob Friend. Tommy Harper is the on-deck batter, and then Tommy Helms. Westrom has left-hander Dick Rustick just about ready in the bullpen if he wants to bring him in to face the left-hand hitter. For Cincinnati, Ted Davidson, a left-hander, and right-hander Don Matabart are getting ready. One or the other comes in on the ninth. So the story is, the game is tied 2-2, two two, bottom half of the eighth inning. The Reds have the leading run, Chico Ruiz on second, one out, and Gordy Coleman is the batter. Now the stretch, my friend. Here's the pitch. Way outside, one ball and no strike. New York, two runs, seven hits, no errors. The Reds, two runs, six hits, no errors. Here's the pitch on the way, way outside. Bob Friend in this spot appears to be trying to get Gordy Coleman to go for a bad ball. Otherwise, he's not going to worry too much. Coleman is a slow man. If he draws a walk, and he is because now they'll intentionally walk him, it sets up the possible double play with a slow runner going to second base. All four served outside intentionally. So the intentional walk to Gordon Coleman. Now runners on first and second. One out. It brings up the leadoff batter, Tommy Harper. Harper has one hit and three times at bat. He got that in the first inning, an infield hit. Tommy Harper is hitting 274. Now the Mets have the infield at double play depth, with Bud Harrelson shaded toward the hole on the left side of the infield. The outfield fans toward left slightly. And Bob Friend is in the set position. The runners go. The pitch is inside the peg to throw the double steal. Double steal for Cincinnati. 
What a jump Chico Ruiz got on Bob Friend. Mark Taylor didn't have a chance. Now, first base is open. As the result of the double steal, and we're going to get a runner for Gordy Coleman at this point. a pitcher is going to run for Gordy Coleman. Now let's see how the Mets play. Now the Mets bring the infield in. Bob Friend with a full wind-up. The pitch just outside. One ball and no strike. Runners on second and third. A very alert play on the part of Chico Ruiz. Really puts the pressure on New York. He led the double steal and he swiped third with plenty to spare. Friend into his wind up the pitch. A swing and a miss. One ball, one strike. Or check the count. Two balls and a strike. The first pitch to Tommy Harper was the pitch they pulled off the double steal and it was inside for a ball. So now it's two and one on Tommy Harper. The game tied two to two. Mets with the infield in. Bob Friend delivers two and one. A swing and a miss, and it's two and two. Tommy Helms, the second baseman, is the on-deck batter. Bob Friend trying to work his way out of a very tough spot. Now the veteran right-hander delivers. A drive in the air to left field, running hard as Napoleon. It goes by him and it's rolling all the way back to the wall. Cardinus scores. In the score is Austin, the fence runner. A double to left by Tommy Harper. And the Reds lead 4-2. to two. Tommy Harper hitting a long drive up the left field line just beyond the reach of Danny Napoleon. It rolled back up the hill to the base of the fence. Now the Reds are in front 4-2 to two here on the last of the eighth inning. The batter is Tommy Helm. Tommy, a right-hand batter, 0-3 for 3 tonight, has slid to center, grounded out to third, been called out on strike. Pitch by a friend is off the outside corner. One ball and no strike. Tommy Helms hitting 286. The RBIs for Tommy Harper were his 28th and 29th of the year. There goes the runner, Harper, and it's foul back up into the crowd and out of play. Boy, he had a great jump going for him, but the pitch was fouled off by Tommy Helms. One ball and one strike. Earlier tonight, Harper stole a base his 28th of the year. He's the Cincinnati club leader by a wide margin in stolen bases.
Our friend with a one-and-one one count pitches to Tommy Helms. A ground ball past the mound, fielded by Hunt. He throws quickly to first, in time to get the base runner. Tommy Helms holding his second, Tommy Harper. Now there are two away, and it brings up Beta Pinson. Pinson has gone hitless in three times up. Last time up, he hit a hard line drive, but it was directly to shortstop Bud Harrelson. For the Reds, two runs are in on two hits. On the off the outside corner, one ball and no strike. Don Pavletti got it going for Cincinnati when he singled to center. Leo Cardenas. Funnett Ruiz, the pinch runner along. Ball two, it's 2-0 now on Veda Pinson. After a double steal, following an intentional walk to Gordy Coleman, Tommy Harper doubled to left, bringing both men home. And now they will intentionally walk Veda Pinson. First base is open. The count has gone to 2-0. And, oh, and rather than give him something real good to hit, take a chance on coming in with a fat one, they put him on. Last time the Mets did this to fill the open base, the next hitter up double, driving two runs in. And the hitter now is Darren Johnson. Johnson 0 for 3 in tonight's game. He had 26 RBIs at the All-Star break, but he has 79 now. Down comes the pitch, my friend. A ground ball to shortstop. Harrelson to his right. Makes his long throw in time, and the side is out. But Cincinnati goes out in front by scoring two runs. There were two hits. No errors. Two left on. At the end of eight innings, it's the Cincinnati Reds four and the New York Mets two. Right here we pause for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. Your station for sports in the great Northeast, WGY Schenectady, the smoothest sound around. Bob Murphy with Ralph Kiner and Lindsey Nelson from Crossley Field in Cincinnati. Let's come on to hit in the ninth inning, trailing by two runs. Doubleheader tomorrow will be on the air at 1.55 p.m. New York time. For New York, Jack Fisher and Rob Gardner, and for the Reds, Sammy Ellis and Jimmy O'Toole. O'Toole will pitch in the first game, probably against Jack Fisher. And after the doubleheader tomorrow, the Mets fly home and play the Cubs Tuesday night, Wednesday afternoon. The Astros next Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon... The game a week from tomorrow, the last game of the season. The National League pennant race has tightened up. Ferguson Jenkins shut out the Dodgers, the Cubs winning 4 to nothing. Pittsburgh stormed from behind, beating Atlanta 8-6. to six. The Giants pulled one out with three in the ninth, and then five in the 13th to beat the Astros 9-5. to five. And as a result, the Dodgers lead the Pirates a game and a half back, the Giants four games back, they have eight to play. In the fourth place battle, the Phillies beat the Cardinals tonight 5-4. To 
They now lead the Atlanta Braves by one game as they try to claim fourth place in the National League. Don Nadabart is now pitching as we go to the ninth inning. For Nadabart, a busy reliever, his 57th game of the year, he has won five and lost four. In the American League tonight at Yankee Stadium, Fritz Peterson hurled a six-hit shutout as the Yankees beat the Red Sox one to nothing. Detroit took a two-game grip on second by beating Minnesota 8-1 to for Dave Wickersham. The White Sox topple Washington 6-2. And Cleveland down Kansas City 3-1 with Luis Piat the winner. The Orioles and the Angels later tonight at Anaheim. Ron Hunt leading off in the ninth inning and Matabar's pitch is over for a strike. Johnny Edwards is behind the plate now. Tom Ruddick went out of the game in favor of a pinch runner. The pitch by Nottabart, a breaking ball outside and low. One ball, one strike. If Nottabart protects the lead, the victory goes to Mel Pappas, who worked the first eight innings. One-one delivery to Hunt in a Japanese for a call strike. One ball and two strikes. Bill Pappas in eight innings allowed two runs, gave up seven hits. He walked only one man and struck out five. Pitching one and two. Bounce foul by Ron back towards the Cincinnati dugout. No play. Down remains one and two. <laughs> Nadabart in relief has saved six ball games this year. Now the one-two pitch, and it's fouled off. Billy McCool has a little bit of a sore arm right now. He's the ace fireman for Cincinnati. McCool has saved 13 games. McCool, by the way, is going to pitch in the instructional league at Clearwater, Florida. With the idea of being a starting pitcher next year. Mel Queen will be in the instructional league, not as an outfielder, but as a pitcher. Here's the one-two delivery. Way outside, two and two on Ron Hunt. Ron has two for three. Back in the lineup tonight after an absence of seven games. Reds lead, 4-2, we're in the ninth. Al Luplo, the on-deck batter, and then Cleon Jones. the Reds win, they nail down the season series. Way inside on Ron Hunt, and Nottabart has gone three and two. (laughs) 
Mel Queen, by the way, is warming up in the bullpen. Slow ground ball down the third base line. If it stays fair, it'll be a base hit. And it stays fair and stops completely. They had to let it roll, and it stayed fair for a base hit. It rolled to a stop less than halfway toward third. Ron Hunt, thinking it was going to be a very close play at first, made a hard slide going into first base. So Ron has his third hit of the game. That brings up Al Luplo. It also brings back to work left-hander Ted Davidson in the Cincinnati bullpen. Al Luplo has gone hitless and three times up this evening. Nobody out. Hunt is on first. New York two behind. Ninth inning. And the breaking ball inside and low ball one. Reds have the outfield rather deep and around toward right against Luplo. The infield up a stride, a double play depth. Chuck swing, and it's under the knees on a fastball. Two balls, no strike. Leon Jones dealing in the on-deck circle, working with the pine car cloth and the rosin bag to get a tight grip on that bat handle. Now, not a barred up in pitching position. The 2-0 delivery. A Baltimore shot takes the high bounce, and it's going to be hard to get him. He beats it out of base there. And the Mets have the tying runs on. Nobody out. On an infield hit that traveled less than half the distance to third base, and a Baltimore shot that was driven into the plate took that high, tantalizing bounce. And by the time the Reds could play it out at first base, not in time, an infield hit and the tying runs are on. Now, Cleon Jones coming up. Cleon has a triple and three times up. Reds once again have their infield at double play depth. Darden is holding the runner close to second. The pitch to Cleon, a swing, and a miss at strike one. Ed Cranbrill on deck, and then Hawk Taylor. On two infield hits, the tying runs are on, nobody out. Ball and Hunt hit rolled dead less than halfway to third base and about six inches from the line. Cleon bunts the ball and bunts it foul. Jones trying to bunt him over. Hunt slides into third, but all to no avail. The ball was put and foul. Now Nottebart has a two-strike shot on Cleon Jones.
Tom Manabar getting a sign from Johnny Edwards. Two runners take a lead. Now the pitch. A fly ball hits short to left center field. Galloping in is Shamsky, and he makes the catch one away. Fly ball in the short left, one down. Crane Brule coming up. Eddie has one hit and three times up. He produced a run-scoring single in the fifth inning, driving home Cleon Jones after Cleon had led off the inning with a three-base hit. Right-hander Don Natabar pitching in relief, delivers to Crane Bull a fly ball into left field. Jamski back about two steps to under it and makes the catch to that. So the Mets are down to their final out of the ninth inning, trailing by two. They have those two on base. The batter coming up is Hawk Taylor. Hawk is 0 for 3, but he was robbed by Leo Cardenas with a fielding play of the game in the seventh inning. Now Matabart checks the runners at first and second. A drive hit in the air to left field. Shemsky coming in, coming in, it drops in a base hit. Rounding third and in the score is Ron Hunt. And now it's four to three. That ball was hit off the end of the bat and it fooled Art Shemsky. It died on him. He thought he was going to be able to catch the ball. He wasn't running at full speed. He was coming about half tilt. And it fooled him. It dropped in front of him for a run scoring hit. Now it's four to three. And Danny Napoleon is being called back to the dugout. A run batted in for Hawk Taylor. Now the tying run is on second. The lead run is on first. John Fitzmorris is coming out as a fence runner for Hawk Taylor. John Fitzmaurice, speedy rookie outfielder, running for Hawk Taylor at first. Al Luplo is the tying run on second. And Larry Elliott is going to bat for Bob Friend. Or check that for Danny Napoleon. Danny had two for three. His base hits were a single to right and a blue double to right. Now Elliott goes back into the dugout. We're getting a call down to the Mets bullpen. Jack Hamilton will start warming up. The Mets now with a chance to tie this ball game up with two down in the ninth inning. Now Billy Williams looking over into the Mets dugout, and now Larry Elliott comes back out. Runners on first and second, two men away. One run is in. It's now four to three, Cincinnati. 
Mets operating with two down in the top of the ninth inning, needing a base hit to tie this ball game. Larry Elliott has not hit for a high average, but he has delivered a lot of RBIs in the number of games he's played. A slow bouncer foul, no play. Chasing after it is Johnny Edwards. Elliott hitting 247, 32 RBIs in 62 games. And right now, Al Luplo is the tying run on second. John Fitzmorris, the pinch runner, is the lead run on first. Two down, top of the ninth inning. Not a bar with a one-strike count on Larry Elliott. Now not a bar to the set position. Here's the pitch. Just missed the outside corner. One ball, one strike. Everybody's standing in that Cincinnati dugout. They're on tiptoes right now, trying to get the final out to nail down a win. Elliott backs the bat. The 1-1 pitch. And it's a wild pitch. The runners will move up. Racing to third base and holding there is Luplo. And Sean Fitzmorris goes to second. Now the tying run is 90 feet away. The potential leading run is in scoring position. Low pitch by Nottebart could not be handled by Johnny Edwards. It went through Johnny's legs and went all the way to the backstop. Now let's see if that changes the strategy of Dave Bristol. The count is two and one on Larry Elliott. Luplo, the tying run is on third, but Morris is on second. It's officially a wild pitch. Here's the pitch on the way. A line drive down the left field line, foul. Foul ball down in the bullpen, foul by three or four yards. So the Mets throwing a king-size scare into the red here on the top of the ninth. Now the count on Larry Elliott is two and two. The manager Dave Bristol is taking the hike to the mound. He has a left-hander, Ted Davidson, in his bullpen. You don't suppose he'll change right here, do you? Yes, he will, and he is. With a count two and two on Larry Elliott, after that foul ball was hit by Elliott, that's convinced Dave Bristol that he should make a change. And Ted Davidson, the left-hander, is coming in. Now, let's see if Wes Westrom will retaliate. Wes will wait until the official announcement puts Ted Davidson in the ballgame before making his decision. Well, Ralph, it may be almost the end of the season, and the Reds aren't going anywhere, but... You have a trouble convincing Dave Bristol, the young manager of Cincinnati. Well, there's no doubt about the fact that uh, Dave does not have a job for next year. He's the interim manager, and every win that he gets will certainly be uh, credit to his side of the ledger, and he's trying to win this one as well for the final game of the World Series, making a switch to the left-hand batter. Wes Westrom has a job for next year, but Wes in these spots usually does a pretty good job in manipulating his players, too. He likes to 
counteract the moves of the other managers, and let's see whether or not he's going to make a change. Left-hand pitcher in, and Barry Elliott, a left-hand batter with a count of two balls and two strikes, and the Mets are down to their last out here in the top of the ninth inning. They have the time run at third base and the go-ahead run at second. With a count two and two on the hitter, regardless of what happens to the hitter, he is the responsibility of the new pitcher, Ted Davidson. But Ted Davidson, who has won five and lost three and been in 50 ball games this year, is now pitching for the Cincinnati Reds. Greg Goosen now is coming on the run from the bullpen. And Greg is going to come up and take that last flank at it. But now Wes Westrom is switching to Greg Goosen. Well, this is a tough spot for a hitter on a cool night coming out of the bullpen with a count two and two. You can't make it any tougher, Bob, unless maybe you would put him up there with a count two strikes and no balls at least. He does have some sort of an edge in as much as the pitchers in a spot, too, with a count of two and two. Greg Goosen, who walked 25 home runs in the International League at the age of 20 this year. He is strong, and he has a fast bat. Against Jim Maloney last night, he pulled Maloney for a double down the left field line. And later in the ball game, he pulled a blazing fastball that went foul far back up into the seat. So he has a fast bat, no doubt about it. Davidson continues to throw in warm-ups as Greg Goosen tries to warm up his shoulder muscles by swinging three bats around. He went north of and now gets rid of all but one. This could be a scorekeeper's delight right now. This is one of those true tests of how do you keep score. Now, here we go. The Mets trail four to three. They have Al Luplo on third, Sean Fitzmaurice on second, two men down, and the count on Greg Goosen is two and two. Davidson the pitcher, Goosen the hitter. Here's the windup. Now the pitch. Foul ball hit down the right field line. That is out of reach. So Goosen going right after it. He can't take anything that's close. Fouled it off down the right field line into the field box area. This has been an interesting ball game from the very beginning. The Reds broke a 2-2 tie with two runs from the last of the eighth inning. Now Davidson looking for his sign from Johnny Edwards. The tall left-hander checks his runner at third. Here's the windup. Now the pitch. A drive foul hit deep down the left field line and far back up against the back wall. Oh, did he ever rip that one. Well, as they say, big fella straighten that one out. He ripped the inside delivery, and the count stays at two and two. The last time a line drive was hit like that, they made a pitching change. This time he can't. It's two balls and two strikes on Greg Goosen. Now Davidson swings out of his windup. Now the pitch. And it's popped up at infield pop fly. Tommy Helms, the second base, and his under it. He makes the catch of the left Goosen 
no errors, two left on. Final score, the Cincinnati Reds, four, and New York Reds, three. Hi, sports fans. This is Earl Morrill, quarterback of the New York Giants. Every Monday evening, between 7.30 and 8.30, you can pick up your phone and ask me for the inside facts on pro football. The program is Ask Earl Morrill. You phone me, ask about players and coaches. Ask the question nobody else has answered. The number you dial during the program is area code 212-661-2810-COLLECT. That's 212-661-2810-COLLECT. We'll give you the number again during the program. So ask me, Earl Morrill, Mondays at 730, here on WGY. School's in means more time for mother, just as school's out meant freedom for the kids in June. Celebrate your extra free time with a special shopping trip and then a carefree lunch at a Mike's drive-in. Have a luscious Mike submarine with its tangy secret dressing. Or bite into a Neba made of layer after layer of perfectly done beef on a soft bun. You've never tried a Neba or a Mike submarine? Well, then do it tonight. Discover for yourself why over 61 million Mike sandwiches have been enjoyed by people in the Northeast. Final score tonight at Crosby Field in Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Reds 4 and the New York Mets 3. And for the recap, here's Ralph. Okay, Bob, in the fifth inning, the Mets got the first run of the ball game, and Cleon Jones went off with a triple down the right field line and scored with any great rainbow single through the middle. That gave them a 1 0 lead that was short lived as the Reds started up in the sixth inning on a home run by Leo Cardenas. It was his 20th home run of the year and set a new all-time record for shortstops and have played with Cincinnati, breaking the old record held by Effie Miller, which was set a few years back. In the seventh inning, the Reds added one more run to make it a 2-1 ball game in their favor as Lee May got his first home run of this season, a long home run to left field to put the Reds in front by a 2-1 margin. The Mets, winning by a score of 2-1, in the ball game, got a run in the eighth inning to tie it up and make it a 2-2 game. And at this point, Bob Shaw was taken out of the ball game. Bob Friend came in, and in the ninth inning, after the Reds had scored two runs off Bob Friend, the Mets almost got back in the ball game. The leadoff batter was Ron Hunt, and he dribbled the base hit down towards third base and beat it out. Then Al Luplo chopped one off of the plate that was high in the air, and both runners were safe for two hits in a row. Then Cleon Jones fight out the shallow left field for the first out. And on the first pitch, Eddie Cranepool followed and did the same thing for the second out. But Hawk Taylor, who was left in the bat against the right-hand pitcher, Don Notabarty, came in the ball game in the ninth inning to protect the lead for the starting pitcher, Mel Pappas, gave up a blue hit in the left field to Hawk Taylor. Mets got a run on that base hit and left runners at first and second, only a run behind. A wild pitch moved them up, and then when the count went to two and two, and Larry Elliott, who was a pinch hitter for Danny Napoleon, Elliott on his second strike, winding the ball down the left field line, and that was all for Don Ottobart, and Ted Davidson was brought in. With the count of two and two, and Davidson in the ball game, manager Wes Westwood made a change and brought in Gray Goosen from the bullpen, but under tremendous pressure, Ted Davidson threw three straight pitches. Two of them were fouled away, one hard, as Bob was telling you, and then finally a pop-up to second base to end the ball game with a tying run at third base and the go-ahead run at second. The winning pitch in the ball game was Mill Pappas. His record now even at 11 and 11. He worked eight innings, gave up two runs and allowed a total of seven base hits. 
He was helped out by Don Nottabard and also Ted Davidson. Losing pitcher was Bob Friend, who worked one inning. Bob gave up two runs and two hits. His record now, five and eight. So the Mets have lost the second game of this series. They have a doubleheader tomorrow. 5,575 saw the throwing ball game that was really played here in front of one of the small crowds of the season. The Lions score in the ball game, and Mets winning the ball game. I mean, the Reds winning the ball game. Four runs, seven hits, no errors. The Mets three runs, ten hits, and no errors. Thank <laughs> you.